Oi, oi, and welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast with myself, Steve Nussbaum, and my good friend, South Stan Chum, the bearded legend, the one and only, Mr. Paul Levy. Thank you very much indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to episode number 130. Wow. Still impresses me. Uh, we've had an unexpected week off, but we are back, we are refreshed, we are raring to go, <laughs> and we've got a full two-week roundup, and there's a lot that's been uh, going on in those two weeks so uh, we will make sure in case you've missed or forgotten anything that you are reminded and also a thrilling game if you can use that word uh, against Aldershot that we are going to discuss and review so I think we should just crack on fine so as always we'll kick off with the supporters club updates there's two new trips to tell you about firstly coaches to Halifax this Tuesday on the 30th of January We'll leave Brisbane Road at half past 12 for a 7.45 kickoff. The fare for this one is £31 for adults and £28 for concessions. And there's a £3 surcharge to non-members. And secondly, coaches to Dover in the FA Trophy on Saturday, 3rd of February, leave the ground at 11am for a 3pm kickoff. There's a flat fare for this one, price of £18 for all categories. What a bargain. So get booking, um, and obviously that does not include your matchday ticket. And to book, you can call the travel line on 077-132-135970. Yep, so as we reported in episode 129, the Starman Awards dinner has been announced and tickets are really selling fast for this. So Sunday the 29th of April, uh, it's not bank holiday weekend uh, unfortunately, but it's going to be held locally at the Prince Regent Hotel in Chigwell. Uh, price is £40 a ticket, that includes a three course dinner, uh, awards and uh, a boogie at the end of the night if you are so inclined. Uh, obviously get up close and personal with the players, have chats, conversations, discussions, it is a really really good night. So you can speak to Simon in the supporters club or you can uh, tweet Linda Brogan at uh, at Linda Brogan, B-R-O-U-G-H-A-N or you can make yourself known to them in the supporters club uh, before or after a match. We are going to be there. We would love to um, speak to people who are listeners. So yeah. um, let us know if you are going. If you've got your tickets, tweet us at Orient Outlook. Let us know if you've got your tickets yet. Yeah, very nicely done. So, as always, oh, we try to get a Leighton Orient Trust update, and we have one. So, thank you to Howard and Neil and the team at the Trust for sending one over. So, we'll start <coughs> with Tuesday, the 9th of January, at the George Public House in Wanstead. A small group of O's fans met to commemorate former O and World War One hero George Scott. George Scott was among the 41 members of the Clapton Orient squad and staff that were the first in England to sign up en masse and unfortunately passed away on the 16th of August 1916, the second of three O's players to be killed in the war. Among those in attendance were O's forward Sam Dorby and head of commercial Steve Dixon, along with the club's World War I historian Steve Jenkins and O's fan Davis Watson, who led the efforts to create the tribute. A framed photo and memorial. And I think we covered Ex-O's that in the... Uh, player. Yes. As we will come on to. Absolutely. It's been a busy two weeks. Yeah. Great. Great to have that. And I shall be going into the George to see that. Hey. The Lane Orient Trust Year 1 students studying BTEC Sports and Leisure visited the training ground on Thursday morning. They toured the facility, watched the youth team, goalkeepers and first team training sessions and had time for a short Q&A with squad members. Group tutor Lloyd Bartang said, it was a great privilege for these young students to be able to watch the training and chat to players. They found it very inspirational and gained some good advice from the professionals. A similar visit by the Level 2 group is being scheduled for next month. Very good. The next stadium tour will take place on Thursday the 15th of February, commencing at 1.30pm. The cost for this one is £10 for adults and only £5 for children, plus discounts for season ticket holders. So if you'd like to book, contact Steve Dixon on commercial at LeightonOrient.net. I'm sure that'll be a fantastic um, sells out so quick tour, man. and they always get a special guest in to kind of take you around at the yeah. end. So well worth booking up for that one. Places are limited for this one, so be very quick. Yeah, and finally, community liaison officer Howard Gould and supporters liaison officer Karen Harrison were delighted to have been invited to the House of Parliament last Wednesday to celebrate three years of the Fans for Diversity campaign and the launch of their 2017 annual report that included a full page on the wonderful collaborative work that has taken place in the Fans for Diversity hub based in the East Stand. It was an honour and privilege to represent the club and attending such auspicious surroundings. 
The work Anwar Udin has done over the past three years has been groundbreaking and we are elated to have been included in the report in recognition of the fantastic work taking place at the O's thanks to this leading edge initiative, said Howard. So just wow. Fantastic work there, getting called up to the Houses of Parliament. So well done to all at the Trust and thank you for the update. So a bit of AOB. So firstly, congratulations to Steve Clark on the birth of his second child, Amelia, who was born on Monday the 22nd of January, weighing in at a healthy £7. 10 ounces, so yet another new Orient fan in the world. There's quite a few being born at the moment. It's very good, yeah, absolutely. And, and if we've missed anybody who's had a grandchild, niece, nephew, son, daughter, anything like that, we would love to to mention this out. And um, yeah, please get in touch with us, orientoutlook at outlook.com. If you're not on social media, that is our email address. We are on Facebook, search Orient Outlook Podcast, and on Twitter at Orient Outlook. Nicely done. So second bit of AOB, we are running a competition on Twitter in partnership with the O's principal sponsor, Energy Bet, which is giving you the chance to win an O's home shirt, which has been signed by all of the squad. There's only two things you need to do here. All you need to do is retweet our tweet from earlier in the week from at Orient Outlook and then DM us with your Energy Bet username and that's it. So once you do those two steps, uh, you'll be entered into the competition and we'll be announcing the winner of that competition on the next podcast yeah. that we do. So get working with that one. Yep. Coulson Monday, uh, which is Monday the 15th of January, uh, for us at Orient Outlook Towers. Happy 22nd birthday to O's Loney Ebu Adams, who I met yesterday. Very nice young man. Oh, good, good to hear. Yeah. Also, in that day, news broke early that Cyril Regis had passed away. He formed a partnership with Orient legend Laurie Cunningham, who enjoyed terrible racism as black footballers. So you probably all remember that Cyril was at Coronation Gardens back in November uh, as the Laurie Cunningham statue was revealed and happily posed for lots of pictures with O's fans. So shame about that yeah. one, Cyril. Yeah. And we wish all Big the family loss. well, yeah. Big loss. At one o'clock, though, the draw for the third round of the FA Trophy took place. That was live on TalkSport and the O's were drawn out of the hat away to Dover Athletic and the tie is going to be played on Saturday the 3rd of February. So as you listen to this podcast, this is this coming Saturday. Yeah. This has come round very, very quickly. That is a difficult tie. There could have been very much difficult. easier ties. That's one of the most difficult ties we could have Trust drawn. us. But, you know, like I said in the last podcast, if anyone can remember... I think we're going to win the FA Trophy. So come on. Yeah, yeah, your bet is still on. Absolutely. Then in the evening, the supporters club held their meet the manager evening with Justin Edinburgh. So we were there. Uh, we were lucky enough to be there. Great, Great evening. Good I've fun. Feels like ages ago. I was on so I was on the camera so much because I was sat next to the camera when I went <laughs> forward. And I was talking. I didn't. I had no idea. I was absolutely lost. Con- like um, idea of where I was, and I was on it more than I more than Justin more so. was. Elliot, apologies. So if you'd like to watch Paul on camera and Justin and meet the manager, you, I think you can still view those back at the club's Facebook page. Or if you can't, or if you'd rather not uh, look at Paul's uh, yeah, face. Yeah, don't do that. Listen. I'd rather just listen. You can listen to it on iTunes <coughs> and on SoundCloud on our listening platforms. So that's it. Or an outlook on SoundCloud, SoundCloud, SoundCloud iTunes. Got all Scottish. Shooting, a Stitcher. Just a bit of a recap. Yeah. Uh, the, bigger, the biggest revelations, firstly, this was the first question about Bucko. Some guy shouted, where's Bucko? Yeah, <laughs> straight in at the deep end. But to be fair, Justin came back and said, you know, really honest, doesn't fit into the system. He's available for transfer or loan. Permanent transfer or loan, absolutely. Um, and just to, I guess, put this one to bed, someone was, you know, yeah. worded the question really well, actually. Very well. Um, Justin is not interested, sadly, in bringing... Dean Cox back and I know Dean's going to be listening to this because he messaged you me know. earlier on so sorry pal we didn't want to have to read that out but that was a question it's a significant question because there's sh- been a lot of fans I'm sure Dean already knows that I'm sure yeah. this won't be news to Dean no no it's not but nonetheless anyway let's not yep. talk about that let's move on so when asked if we have any of us any of our players from any league clubs uh, Justin smiled and said pass and obviously at the time everyone was going oh well, it must be Bond but obviously Dorby has gone well we'll come on to Dorby but Dorby's gone to a league club um, so it might not have necessarily been McCauley Bond yeah Justin smiled and said pass you're absolutely right on that but he also revealed that Joby McEnough is in contract extension negotiations yeah. with the club fantastic because so he was only given a one year contract if for those eagle-eared listeners, yes. uh, if you recall, he was only given a year, but uh, I've no doubt that he would want to stay for an extra year, maybe even yeah, two if his absolutely. body allows. Yeah. So get listening to that if you've not listened already. We had some amazing listening <coughs> figures, so I presume that most of you have who are listening to this one. So Tuesday, the 16th of January, Josh Coulson took over the club's official Twitter account and 
good banter with Jamie Sendall's why it's always good when the players do stuff like this it's always good for a bit of engagement with the fans and because we never get to see that side of it we only get to see them playing on the pitch so obviously they're sort of young guys of the similar yeah. age you don't know what the not clicks but you don't know what the groups are there and who's mates with who and who gives grief to who and who can take it and give it back always so good. it was really nice yeah so he's asked a few questions I think he was asked if we got to the FA Trophy final would he take a penalty and he said only if we had played well. Yeah, he was also asked who the best dressed player was. He came, he said Charlie Granger. I've seen some pictures of Granger on uh, Instagram with his ripped jeans and his... Uh, trendy young man. Trendy young man. Not for me, but trendy young man, I guess. Yeah. Worst dressed was Sam Sargent. He said, who loves a tight t-shirt and baggy tracksuit, apparently. Brilliant. Um, Sam Sargent was a little bit miffed by that. Didn't he came back. That, but he came back and said that uh, he wasn't aware of that. Uh, best banter... Uh, he said jointly Charlie Lee and James Dayton. No surprise there for Charlie Lee for me. No. Not always going to be the case, I think, for that one. Worst banter, club physio, <laughs> Keaton Patel. Yeah, <laughs> <And> sorry <laughs> about that, Keaton. <laughs> and in the last one, least intelligent, <laughs> Miles Judd. I think there's someone else called Judd very unintelligent last year when they'd done this. So sorry about that, Miles. And, uh, you know, <laughs> well, we're not sorry. We didn't say it. Absolutely. So well done to all involved. Again, and what is another great example of the club engaging with fans? We look forward to many more of those taking place throughout think, the season. And I the think I'm laughing more at the fact that we, I, we, I think it's me that did it. I put like four exclamation marks after Miles well, Judd, just to emphasise like they actually really meant that. So an Orient eleven played a Dagenham uh, and Redbridge eleven uh, in the afternoon of Tuesday, the sixteenth of January, and uh, Dagenham won. Uh, Ran out winners of that match, winning 2-0. Yep, so moving on, this is Wednesday the 17th of January. The club tweeted asking for fans to get in touch if they are able to participate in a new fan focus group which will be held on a quarterly basis starting on Monday the 5th of February. So that actually starts pretty soon. Uh, topics for discussion will centre around fan engagement and improving experience and interactions fans have with the club. So really good to hear that for me. I like that, I think that's a really good move and good to hear that the club want to take fans' opinions uh, and comments and suggestions on board and hopefully if they only get one or two ideas out of that at least it'll be, it'll be good absolutely work and, and that's a great thing that the club uh, are doing I would also say that um, because of there had been an overwhelming uh, response to that initial um, session that they're actually running a second one um, which we will come to later on in the podcast. Yep. So Thursday the 18th of January. Sam Sargent is recalled from his loan spell at Margate following four matches played, having not lost a game and keeping two clean sheets. Yeah, he's done well there, Sam. Yeah, he, he did very, very well. And according to George Sessions, Charlie Granger had hurt his back, so Sam will be uh, covering for him uh, on the bench. And Justin said at the meet, the manager meeting at some point, Sam will be back up to... Dean and Charlie will go out on loan and the reason for that is so that they can actually get into yeah, live matches so uh, they keep their sharpness yeah. up so that's cool like that one the Mooney Friday the 19th of January so here's when it all gets a bit um, bizarre with Halifax Town so in spite of the cold weather Halifax tweeted at 10.22am that the game on the following day on the 20th of January had no planned pitch inspection and obviously we'll come back to Halifax very shortly. Yeah, the club confirmed that Hartlepool away fixture has been moved to Tuesday the 6th of March with a 7.45 kickoff, following our involvement in the FA Trophy on the 3rd of February. Yeah, it's a long way to go on a Tuesday night, night but I'm sure we'll take a few. I'm sure we'll take a few on that one. And then the club also announced, as Paul mentioned, that due to considerable interest, there will be a second focus group on Thursday the 8th of February. So deadline for applications... For this one, it's Wednesday, the 24th of January, uh, which, which has already passed. passed. Uh, yeah. Uh, and the first forum applicants who didn't get into the first one will be entered into the second. So if you're on the fans focus group, well done. And make sure you use your place to get your views across and to get your suggestions across because you may have an idea. that Improvement in food would be good, please. If anyone's listening that's going to be on it, uh, that would be lovely. Thank you very much. Saturday, the 20th of January. Um, and the saga begins. Yeah. Just after 9 o'clock, a pitch inspection was announced for 10.30 by Halifax for that afternoon's match. As soon as they announced a pitch inspection at 9am, I said to Sarah, my, my wife, I said, that game's getting cancelled. Yeah, they wouldn't have made a big deal about not doing one and it had to do one if it wasn't going to get cancelled. Yeah. I said to Sarah, there won't be a podcast tomorrow no. night because this game's about to get cancelled. Yeah, there. exactly. 10.50, and as soon as that conversation in your household taking yeah. place... The club announced that due to a frozen pitch shock horror surprise, no one saw that coming. The referee cancelled the game and the O's released a statement, part of which reads, We followed the guidance of FC Halifax Town yesterday when they advised via Twitter at 10.22am that there was no planned 
pitch inspection. As a club, following today's postponement, we will swiftly discuss the matter with both FC Halifax Town and the league. So um, they got a bit of kickback, didn't they? On they social got media, huge quite a lot kickback. of fans, even their own fans, to to be fair. Uh, and one of the fans <coughs> from Orient, Jaden Christie, tweeted Halifax saying basically, "What are you playing at?" And they came back to Jaden. So well done to Jaden for getting a response by saying, "Game was playable yesterday." It's the temperature overnight which has postponed the game. Which so is Halifax obviously saying that. I think you've got a few uh, a few views on that one, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, I think it's quite disgraceful actually and I don't think I'm alone in feeling that. They should have called it off yesterday and I feel really for the fans who started to make the journey up there or for those, I saw a few who went up Friday yeah. night to yeah. stay in Leeds um, and someone messaged me saying that that looked like a really sort of moody, moody thing to do from a from a national league club and and you know that you you got weather reports you know modern technology and that should well, be I think the fact that. guys Lee postponed their, their game on the Friday so night, half six it was only yeah. 17 miles from Halifax so really disappointing Spot there uh, Virgin Spot Trains though came out of this very well uh, by allowing fans to travel back to London on earlier trains and they'd booked so kudos to Virgin Trains for doing that they sent out a nice tweet um, meaning that fans who had gone up could yeah. go back much earlier yeah. as opposed to half five half six whenever so well done to Virgin Trains for using their common sense. So, yeah. well done to you there. Yeah, absolutely. The under-18s were in action. Uh, sadly, they lost 5-2 to Luton with the O's goals coming from Andrew Camillo Tayaka and an own goal. Yeah, and then later in the day, probably unsurprisingly, the women's uh, team announced that their league game at home to Ipswich had also been called off due to the weather. So, very little football over that weekend for the actually, Orient. It was quite nice actually to have a little bit of it a, was nice. a winter break. Yeah, it was um, very nice. Sunday the 21st of January, so last Sunday, the former O's Academy player, Michael Obafemi, a 17-year-old uh, striker, made his Premier League debut for Southampton against Spurs and he came on as an 82nd minute substitute. And if I remember rightly, I think with his third touch, he had a chance. He had a very good it, chance, yeah. Put it wide, I think. Um, so he's, seven, he's the third youngest Southampton player making his debut. 17 years and several hundred, couple of hundred days. Came all the way from the O's. From so the O's, yeah, so fair play. We'll keep an eye on him during his career in Southampton. Yep. It's like he could be one to watch. So Coulson Monday then, 22nd of January. The club announced that Bonds and Gala has returned to Dagenham and Redbridge following his loan spell at the O's. And for me, wishing well, sad to see him go. Done all right. I think when he first came in, everyone was a bit like, obviously oh, doing it here. But I think he actually done really well. Got a goal. At, um, yeah. Can't remember where he scored. I think it was Maidstone or somewhere. But done all right. And yeah, he done really well considering that Coven Coulson were out when he arrived. He's, he done well to show up the defence. Yeah, I agree. He did do well for us. He got off to a bit of a slow start, if I remember rightly. Um, gutted, obviously, he's not staying on, really, because he'd, he'd come good. Coulson Ella Kobe back, though, and, and obviously happy um, in that back line as well. Uh, as cover, we really don't sort of need him, really, unfortunately. Score for us, put a great shift in. Um, I'm ex- Extremely grateful that he wore an LOFC shirt and uh, wishing all the very best of luck uh, at Dagenham, except when he's playing, if, if yeah. we ever have to play against him again. Absolutely. So, And then around lunchtime, not many people saw this coming, rumour broke out via football site saying Sam Dolby will be signing for Leeds United. So we were quickly uh, able to confirm that the rumour for this was true and he was off. Yeah. Um, lots of people... Uh, we're talking about this one. It got a lot of debate on Twitter. Uh, so first, I'll give my views. I guess it's just a shame to see <laughs> Sam go, but not unexpected. I think he'd been on Chart Palace earlier in the season, um, and destined for bigger things. I think very highly rated by everyone at the club. I remember sitting here with Errol about a year and a half ago, and he was like, "Sam Dolby will be the one to watch." Uh, and he was right so well done to Errol for that one do you know it's a really great shout actually Errol did say that he did he really did yeah, yeah. He did. so well done to Errol he made a stunning impact uh, scoring four minutes into his debut versus Crawley but hasn't been able to feature this season you know so for me it makes sense for the club it makes sense for Sam Leeds United got a very good player there so best of luck to Sam Dolby in the future yeah and I think that's a great move for him I think they'll probably get him playing to his strengths uh, and whatnot. There was a, obviously as you can imagine with something like this there was substantial discussion on all social media platforms and, and on the forum as you can imagine yeah. I think people uh, tend to forget how football works and while he wasn't playing in our first team 
he's probably likely to be the next Michael Wobbefemi, who turned out for Southampton, as we mentioned earlier. So great move for him. Uh, I'm sure his family are extremely proud of him. We are, and we will closely yeah, monitor him. And absolutely. we won't ever forget, and I'm sure he won't ever forget what's happened and where he's come from and the opportunity that playing at a club like Leighton Orient does. You know, we get scouts from Southampton, yeah. from Leeds, from all over the country coming to watch. So again, it further underlines the fact that we are a good starting point for a lot of young players who can then go on to bigger and better things because we're just simply not going to keep these players and anyone else that thinks oh the why aren't they playing in the first team it's a bit delusional but he made his debut on Friday for Leeds under 23 against he Barnsley did. in a game where Victor Adebayo scored a brace yeah. for Barnsley so yeah. it sounds like Victor is knocking on the door uh, yeah, of the Barnsley first team squad yeah, so absolutely. we'll be keeping on all these players watching their emergence into their respective first team so loads of views have been mentioned we'll mention a few so first of them at TCW0102 said Dolby will be in the Leeds first team squad next year playing for a premiership team within three years and an England player within <coughs> four years well hashtag heard it here first that is some prediction that you are making there uh, but Les LK52 said we are a selling club with no chance of regaining our league place for years and years a very short-sighted policy in my very opinion. harsh Les at Jamie PD I think so. so you can understand Sam Dolby leaving us because we didn't play him in our first team we brought it upon ourselves he's leaving Orient's under 18s to play for Leeds under 23 so it's a no-brainer, really. Would be different, though, had we had played him. Angry face emoticon. Yeah, Leighton ES underscore ES said, Dolby, Azati and Abrahams were never going to get us out of this league in the short term, but the money they bring in just might. Fantastic tweet. Yeah. S Gallagher, 15, says, a good move, and I think it's important. We remember that quality youth players who want to progress their career won't be able to easily do this in the conference. Good luck to him and evidence again that we're still producing quality youth players. Another good tweet there. Yeah, very good. LOSC1978 said, good move for the lad. Think some people need to calm down a bit. These youngsters are undoubtedly promising, but that's all it is at this at the moment. Promise. Few have impressed to be talked about in terms I have seen on here. will be interesting to see how many make it in the end. Yeah, Nick clark Owls says, first sign of money and he's gone. This club lacks ambition replaced by not wanted players from the Giants of Newport and Cheltenham. No doubt the fee will be undisclosed. We'll be lucky to get 50 I don't understand that kind of message. Very I really harsh, don't Nick. understand. Yeah, I think that is really unfair and really unharsh. And maybe um, it's worth um, really rethinking that because that's not, that's not how it works. Orient underscore Viking said, some major overreaction to Dolby going by some fans. Two managers felt not ready, stroke not ideal for the National League. Five subs makes it very hard to give kids games. Hopefully, decent sell-on. Also, think the club being smart and not ambitious, not unambitious, sorry, better options will be around the corner. Yeah, Matty LOFC Evans says, this does raise the ugly question of giving the youth a chance. Dorby is a talent, but didn't get his chance. And the worrying thing for me is players like Pollock, Clark, Soturio and Barker are in the same situation. I need to offer guarantees to the youth to keep them at the club. So thank you for all your views around Dolby leaving you can always get in contact with us on Twitter at Orient Outlook or via email at orientoutlook at outlook.com or via Facebook or Instagram lovely it turned out to be a very busy afternoon on Tuesday the 23rd of January and it started at about half past four when the club confirmed that Sam Dolby's move to Leeds United has been completed Martin Ling was quoted in the article and he said I would like to wish Sam the best of luck in his future career and thank him for his efforts over his, over his time at the club this was a good deal and opportunity for both the club and the player and therefore it was difficult to turn down. Yeah, and in the early evening, uh, Sam Dolby got a message to us via a mutual friend. Amazingly, and he said in his message, Leighton Orient staff, players and fans, thank you for the best two years of my life. It's been a real privilege. You gave me my start in football and I can't thank you enough. The memories of the Crawley, Plymouth and Newport games will live with me forever. I'm off on to the next challenge at Leeds United but we'll never forget my roots at the O. So a lovely message there from Sam. Like we said, we'll be looking out for Sam. I'm sure every O's fan will be yeah. taking uh, an interest in his career. We wish him all the best at Leeds United. Absolutely. Second that. The club also announced that the postponed match away against AFC Halifax has subject to league approval been rearranged for Tuesday the 30th of January. That is... Uh, this coming Tuesday um, and that has actually been confirmed yeah I mean I know we want to get the fixture out of the way but that only leaves fans six days to make arrangements to go to Halifax it's could, fair, could it, it be a bit could it be better done possibly but you know those fans will be there any weather any situation they're hardcore elements so you know amazing commitment there for the fans who are going to make that journey to Halifax at such short notice yeah absolutely agree um, and all in under 21-11 
travelled to Coles Park to face a Haringey Borough under-23-11 and the team lined up as follows. Sam Sargent was in goal. We had a trialist, Widdison, Ebu Adams, George Adekobi, Michael Clark, Josh Karoma, Freddie Moncur, Raul Satoriu, David Mooney and Lamar Reynolds in the starting eleven. with substitutes on the bench Arthur Janata, Charles Clayden, Toby Stevenson, Andrew Tayaka and Mason Hall. That was a pretty strong team. Got to say, I'd that's say so. a pretty strong team for an XI game. Uh, the game ended 2 0 to the O's with Josh Kramer and David Mooney getting the goal. So these goals were made available on the club's official uh, Twitter account and on the website. So Kramer scored a very good goal, really good goal, uh, Kramer, in the first half. So really good to see that from Josh. And in the second half, it was the Kramer show again, really, but he beat three players, squared the ball to Mooney, who had a tap in. So very good there. Good for me to see Mooney score. And like we said, good to see Kramer play well. Good workout for the team. And it'll help build match fitness and match sharpness for players who really need it. And it also goes to strengthen our relationship with Haringey Borough. I wouldn't be surprised if we see a few youth players end up going there on loan to some capacity. Or some First kind year of scholars. With the club. Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. And I agree with everything you said there. And having seen the goals, Josh Coroma, yeah. mate, take a bow. Really good. Take an absolute bow. Just your, need to get Josh Coroma doing that now on yes. actual match day. Um, so moving on in, Wednesday 24th of January. A quiet day or an Outlook podcast tower, so yep. we chilled, put our feet up and just had a nice evening. Absolutely. Thursday the 25th of January, though, the club launched their commercial opportunities brochure to assist with promoting the club and its non-match day facilities, obviously trying to attract new business to further enhance the club's reputations more than just a football club. The brochure showcases a range of new sponsorship packages, as well as the introduction of stadium roof sponsorship and the newly introduced social media sponsor and club tracksuit sponsor. Now, I remember not so long ago that I think Papa John's sponsored the social media or the website or Baskin Robbins. Baskin Robbins sponsored something on the website as well. So, but that's cool. Your views on that? Yeah, very good idea. Very good way to raise income from the club. And as long as that income goes straight back into the club, which... I think it will do. That puts us at a very, very uh, good position for the start of the following season. Yeah, yeah. So like roof sponsorship, stand sponsorship, stadium sponsorship, a whole load of sponsorship. That's got to be at least a quarter of a mil if they get all those signed off easily when you combine all that money. So do you reckon? Because yeah. a lot of it is price on application well, for shirt sponsorship. Absolutely. And so the stuff they were putting out was about fifteen grand. Yeah. And ten grand, and that was like there's four sides to the stadium, so that's forty grand if they get all the stands sold. Yeah. Roof ain't going to be cheap. And and the stadium and the shirt sponsor are the two obviously ones that drive the biggest income. So yeah. amazing work there and brilliant. You know. Yeah. I, I had the, the idea. Why hasn't it been done before? I would yeah. Say. Yeah, I agree. Um, I had the idea about the roof advertising eight years ago. That, and I say eight years ago, it might have been nine. But when just before the Olympics, I thought all those news helicopters and all that yeah. air traffic coming in for people at the Olympics at the City Airport, I thought would have, been, would have been great for certain companies in Canary Wharf, for example, that have got a couple of quid and who wanted, who wanted exposure around the time of the Olympics. Not quite sure why we didn't capitalise on that, but, yeah. but glad to see it now in the brochure. Um, along with various other sponsorship um, yeah, opportunities, from, yeah. you can do from a two and a half grand to be the media, social media sponsor to being the back of short sponsor, uh, being the shirt sponsor, training ground sponsor, uh, training ground uh, uh, training kit kit sponsor as well. Tremendous, mate. There's lots you can do. Really you can even sponsor it. players if you've got a little bit of spare income to flash about with. So it's funny you should say that. Yeah. So <laughs> Mooney Friday then, twenty sixth of January. Another quiet day as the O's prepared for the upcoming clash against six-match unbeaten Aldershot Town. Yeah, Saturday the 27th of January. The under-18s were in action uh, in the morning at 11 o'clock. They were away at Cambridge United and just went down to a very fine margin of a 1-0 loss. Yes, unfortunately. Defeat there by the under-18s. So moving on in, as the first team (coughs) faced Aldershot at home. So the team was announced with Brill in goal, back four of Caprice, Happy, Coulson and Ellicobi at left-back. Midfield of Lawless Clay, McEnough and Dayton with Bond and Harmon up front. Subs, Sergeant in goal, Adams, Reynolds, Kroma and Harold. Yeah, Dan Holman comes in to make his Orient debut while Miles, whilst Miles Judd misses out with a groin injury and David Mooney is omitted from the matchday yeah. squad. So your views on that one? Yeah, uh, I thought it was a bit of a surprise really not to see Dave Mooney even on the bench. That was my first observation. Uh, I thought Happy would be playing at left-back and George would be at centre-back. Uh, look forward to seeing our sponsored player, hey. Dan Holman. 
for the first time uh, starting. Thought it was a very strong attacking bench uh, as well. Yeah, agree with that one. For me, yeah, some big calls in that starting lineup. I thought that Harold and Mooney wouldn't get in that squad because I, I, I felt from meet the manager he was going to go with Harmon. I think Harmon's first first choice striker with Bomb. Okay, which means that you can't have Harold and Mooney. Kind of two of them on the bench. Can't have them, yeah. Out of the five um, that we've got. Yeah, so yeah. I thought that might be the case. For me, it was always going to be interesting to see how Bon and Holman link up. Yeah. Uh, and no established left back in the team could be a weakness as there wasn't much defensive cover on the bench I wrote down when that team was announced. So we've got yeah. a few views in. Just before you do that though, yeah. I found out through post-match that George Ellicobi has played, played in that position before. Yeah, before. Yeah. yeah, so it wasn't an unusual, yeah, yeah, just yeah. random plonk in there. Yeah, so Tommy <clears throat> Exvelo. So they like this lineup and bench a lot. There's a goal threat from the start and plenty of power in reserve on the bench. It's nice to see George start too. Yeah, Kevin Cowland said, strong team. If we're going for the playoffs, we really need to go for it now. And if this team and this team and bench says we're going for it big time. Yep, so the match kicked off with Yo's kicking towards the north stand. <laughs> and with just 18.77 seconds gone, we scored one of the fastest goals in late on history. It was Joby McEnough played McCauley Bonin and he had a one-on-one. Suddenly he was on and you thought, Blimey, it's a chance. Yeah. And Bon, strike our confidence, full of awareness at the moment. Once he was in that position, you thought he wasn't going to miss it, placed it beyond the keeper. I was still getting comfortable in my seat. We were my seat was still cold. To be fair, I didn't see the ball played in for McEnough. I presume it was a decent ball. Yeah, I just, I, I only started, yeah, I only looked in and yeah. once he was in, I thought you're gonna, he's going to score this. And he did, and the great celebration and a perfect start against... Good opposition for all Absolutely, shot. but what that does mean is that you've then got like another 92, 93 minutes by the time you've got added <laughs> time to yeah, sit yeah. back and hold on to it. Um, yeah, I couldn't believe it. Really couldn't believe it. But after that, Aldershot had had a lot of possession and really didn't cause us many problems, which obviously is fine. They were playing very patient football, but we kept our it's shape very well. reminiscent of the Sutton match where we got a goal in about the fifth minute, sixth minute, yeah. and then Sutton just ran the show for the next 20, 25 minutes. But... Like you said, we were keeping our shape well. Clay was doing well in the centre of the park. He was, was one space. of his best games for me. We were doing well. 22nd minute, Kinsella crossed from the left for Aldershot, but brought down well to tip the ball behind it. At that point, it was finally posed. Like, Aldershot were looking decent, but they were making a few mistakes, and defensively, they looked a bit vulnerable at the back when, when we were getting the ball. So, it was all to play for. Um, Bonn and Holman were linking up well. I thought they were playing well off nicely each other. Um, and in the 33rd minute... Ball came to Bon over his head and he flicked it over his head in a great piece of skill and took it on the volley and the ball just went over the bar. Just. That was very good from Bon. Had that just. gone in, that would have been one of the best goals we would have ever seen. That's really good effort. He was unlucky. Yeah, thirty-six minute. Then it was almost two 0 as we had a counter attack. McEnough passed into Dan Holman, who shot first time from outside the box, and the older shot keeper got down very, very quickly and got a one-handed save. Uh, down to that and for me I thought that was a great save really excellent I agree I thought it was a great save I think Holman's done everything right there he's taken it yeah. first time he's hit the target he's hit it sweetly yeah. and the keepers one done really well to save with one hand but two done really well to hold it because it could have that ball could have gone out anywhere but he's saved it and then he's gone and grabbed it Yeah. so he's done really well there, I, so. I heard a couple of people around us saying he should have maybe taken, taken a touch never. but you don't never you could argue that he could have put it up in the corner as in up in the air rather than on the floor so the keeper's not getting a one-handed sort of stop on it but in the heat thought, of battle yeah. for me I've got no complaints yeah, about I mean there'll always be someone that'll say well he could have done this or he should yeah, have done yeah, that yeah. but agree. when you're only in that situation only you'll know but I absolutely agree with you I think you've done well 40th minute another chance uh, <coughs> as Holman done really well uh, in the old shot box he pulled the ball back to Bon who was really close I think I read he might have been even 6-7 yards out and you put your house on Bon to score but he completely fluffed it and the shot from very close range. I think it didn't even go wide. I think it ended up going out for a throw-in. And that was a guilt-edged chance. And for me, yeah. looking back, that's the game-changer, isn't it? Yeah, That's it the game-changer. That goes in, it's 2-0. 2-0. You're going at half-time, two up. Talk. Yeah. yeah, I would have put money on Bond to yeah. score that. And for me, again, in the heat of battle, I don't know because I've never been a professional footballer in that situation, but from where we sit, it looks harder to miss than it is to score because he's spooned it right over, like really high over the bar. So... But 43 minutes, an injured James Dayton has to come off. He took a knock a couple of minutes yeah. earlier and then went down again um, holding his knee and Josh Caroma came on to replace him in the 43rd minute. Interesting, Caroma came on instead of Reynolds there because obviously yeah. very similar players. So he's obviously, Justin wanted to go for Caroma over Reynolds there. So a bit of an interesting one there. Yeah, maybe it's because of the confidence and Possibly, the way he yeah. played on. He's done well, yeah. He's, he's had a good week, week or two, Josh. Yeah. So 44th minute, 
and unfortunately the O's can't hold out any longer as Aldershot broke away. McCoy splits the defence, played a great pass into Fenelon who ran off Elikobi and then he was one on one with Brill and to be fair he finished it really well, took it well, one all, gutted and we couldn't hold out and Aldershot maybe on the level of play deserved that but considering the chances we had had earlier in the half we should have been yeah. out of sight by that point. It was one of those games where they had all the possession and very few chances and we had we very had the little possession we had the better chances. and loads of chances yeah. that were good opportunities yeah. but we didn't capitalise. So half time uh, winning at one all probably a fair reflection what it should be but you know Aldershot as we've just said had much of the ball but we've had much the better You've chances. You've just missed part about Lawless got booked uh, oh, in the third minute of injury time so Lawless has now picked up his 10th booking so Lawless will not play away to Halifax and to Dover so I expect correct because that's, that's 10 I expect that Boo Adams will probably end up playing in that role unless Freddie yeah. Marker comes in but I can't see Freddie coming in above Boo Adams but you never know so 10 is announced yep. 5,728 with 1,204 fans from all the shots so good effort from really them. good and good, good from us that's 4,500 yeah. really fans good. in yeah. uh, we weren't getting that when we were in yeah. League 2 or sort of upper end of League One, yeah. so absolutely outstanding. And it was a good atmosphere as well, lots of singing, lots of, it was it was really positive. Second half kicked off, there were no further substitutions for Orient, and then just two minutes into the second half, it's Aldershot who get the early goal, as Dan Happy concedes a free kick, just outside the box. For me, a bit of a needless free yeah, kick. I think that's um, a few people say that after the game. Yeah, I didn't see the need that he needed to do that. The free kick is really, really good. Uh, Brill is beaten. Uh, the ball hit the bar, though. Comes back out and it's headed back in by Evans, who reacted quicker than we did and put all the shot 2-1 in the lead in the 47th minute. Yeah, it was a great free kick. Had Brill beaten. I've not seen any of the goals back, but it would be um, pretty interesting to see how quick we reacted to that hitting the bar because it seemed like there were two of their men just waiting to head it in so I don't know and where two of ours on the line that didn't do anything yeah so that's what it looked like from and I that however the lead didn't last long as we probably witnessed our goal of the season it's certainly up there I would imagine so unless someone scores an even better goal but 53rd yeah. minute we had a corner swung in by Joby McEnough and George Kobe held off his man and somehow we think overhead kicked it bicycle 100%. kicked it into the back of the net. The pace he got on that overhead kick was quite simply ridiculous. Um, Brisbane Road went absolutely mental, as did Elikobi and the team. And brilliant to see that. So well done to George, who made it to all. And great spirit there, because we weren't behind for long. Yes, absolutely. And Jaden Christie uh, has video yeah. footage of Well that. done, Jaden. Um, so I was just trying to find out what his uh, Twitter handle was, but not quick enough. Um, so yes, it was an, a, a sort of diving sort of overhead kick. It was fantastic. In the 58th minute, McEnough did well to beat his man. Saw an opening, but sadly shot wide. Yeah, at this point it was anyone's game really. Both teams looking vulnerable in defence. Uh, and Aldershot probably still having most of the possession, but not really doing much with it. 66th minute, Josh Corona considered a debatable free kick, but kicked the ball away, given a booking. For me, Josh needs to go up a little bit here. Considering we lost Joe Woodlson two weeks ago to a sending off, and his first booking was for uh, disrepute to an official. You know, needs to rein his attitude in. Can't a bit be doing that. Really. I can't suggest anybody yeah. being very happy with that one at all. But like we just said, game was wide open, and you felt another goal was coming. And I think it was either you or John on the other side of me who said, "There's a goal in this, and it'll probably be either a wonder goal or it's someone's mistake." Yeah. And unfortunately, it went to Aldershot, who took the lead in the 76th minute as McDonnell made it three-two. Is his effort? I'd say squirmed under Dean Brill yeah. as they regained the lead. I've not seen any of the goals back. I think <clears throat> Brill probably won't be happy with that goal. Some of his kicking and throwing wasn't... I think Brill's been exceptional yeah. uh, since no, he's joined No us. complaints from me. But I think, he, I think when he looks yes, back at it, I think he'll be disappointed that he's been beaten by the third goal. Yeah, I think that's fair. Matt Harrell came on for Alex Lawless in the 80th minute. For me, I like that substitution because we've seen Orient managers be a goal down at this point before and just on a like-for-like swap. And done like a Howard for Holman, do you know what I mean? Or like a Howard for Bond. This way, Justin's gone right. I need to. Get, I need to get the equaliser. I'm just going to take off a midfielder and push up another forward. So I like that. I thought that was a good decision there. Um, and the 83rd minute, bit of a scramble in the order shot box from those corner. The ball fell to Bond. I think he hit it really sweetly, but the shot got blocked. I think that was going in. Had it pathway not been blocked, so good defending there from order shot. Yeah, and the match is still quite open with Aldershot looking to extend their lead and Orient looking for the equaliser. But with four minutes of added time, I played as Orient have the final chance of the match as Harold flicks on a goal kick towards Holman and the ball sat up beautifully for him. Just outside the box, just on the edge there. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, he couldn't keep his shot down. 
uh, fired well over. And for me, I'd say that was one again another game changing opportunity think, that we had because that would have meant we'd have got a point I, out. Of I think Harman done really well apart from that last chance yesterday. Sna- to be fair, snatched at it, isn't he? Snatched at it, but he's not played a game in ages, and this was like the ninety fourth minute, so maybe he was a bit tired. But it did sit up. It seemed to sit up beautifully for him, and it was like. Because we sit right behind that, it seemed to bounce, and you're like, "This is gonna, it's gonna it's connect with it," really. and it just went over. And you could see by his reaction, he was really disappointed with it. So from the following free kick, uh, sorry, from the following goal kick, the referee had the whistle in his mouth, blew it, and Aldershot had won the game three two as Leo slipped to a disappointing defeat. So, as you all know, probably by now, we're lucky to go to the post match interviews with Justin Edinburgh. So I had to go home. For this one, Paul was there. I got to spoke to Justin for just over two minutes, and here's what Justin had to say yesterday. Quick one for the podcast, if I may. Um, obviously, we've not played for a couple of weeks now, and there's always that danger that you might feel a bit sort of ring rusty, having not played sort of competitively. But we got off to a dream start with Bon in the 18th second. Yeah, I mean, probably not a quicker goal today, and and I, and I think we went on from there. And I think you know, Kids made a great save from Holman, and I think Mac has won when he comes back. Just don't get the right connection. Another one where Joby has a strike and just, just perhaps could have fallen for us, you know. And, and sometimes you, you get them, them bounces or them rolls, but you know, just concede when we did was a, was a real sucker blow. And, and the, then on the other side, sort of chasing. But you know, I thought credit to Paz when they got back into it. I, I, I thought we might go and win the game, but it wasn't to be. And as I said, I think earlier in the press, just disappointment with the goals we conceded that, that weren't that weren't what we've been about and it felt I don't know what the exact percentages are in terms of our possession of the ball we didn't they had probably arguably more of it but we created a lot more chances yeah we knew that we spoke about that during the week that they're a team that look after the ball based on that um, but I think we spoke about you know, when we when we set the trap and made the press you know we caught them out high up the pitch and that's where our chances come from clear-cut chances, you know, chances created, we should win the game. Should's not good enough, it's got to be, we did. Um, and that's where we've got to get to. But that's all of us, you know, because as many chances as, or chances we had to win the game, we, we shouldn't be conceding three goals at home. No, no, fair enough. And George was filling in at left-back, but he found himself in the middle of the goal with an overhead kick to yeah, his name. Yeah, no, very good. I'm pleased with George. Worked tirelessly hard with the medical staff to get yourself back in. And like I say, it's another game for him that won't do anyone any harm. Um, so, you know, like I say, we've got games coming thick and fast now. And, and that's what we want at this time of the season because, you know, we're hurting in there now. We're disappointed. And Tuesday gives us a great opportunity to put that right. Thank you very much. Cheers. Cheers. So that was Justin Edinburgh in conversation with me after the game yesterday. Um, and I saw someone tweeted today, our fastest goal, I think, was Lee Steele, Lee Steele. against Oxford, Oxford in away. that game, that Oxford game. Wow. 12 seconds, 12 I think. seconds, yeah. Um, so for those statos, I'm sure someone will tweet in correcting us uh, if that is wrong. Well done, mate. That was a good interview. First time I've heard that. So well done for you. You're just oh, thanks, mate. up a nice little friendship there. <laughs> just make sure it doesn't uh, replace the... Uh, me on this table so in the league table that meant that we had slipped to 19th place just two points above the drop zone although we do have a game over most a uh, game in hand over most teams which below us, I would say yeah which is upcoming which is so we played yeah. 30 won 8 drawn 8 lost 14 a goal difference of minus 8 on 32 points so your views uh, from the match yesterday Mr Levy can't quite believe we lost that game because of the number of clear cut chances we created but as Justin said should and could and would and all of that doesn't really count for anything uh, it was an exciting and entertaining game that we took to them from the first whistle good crowd lots of singing which created a good atmosphere and we need to polish up on finishing to ensure that when we do create a chance we score it because I don't think actually we've seen a game where we've created as many chances, clear, good chances as that in a game. Usually we're yeah, limited yeah. to Not three or four well. or five sort yeah. of thing. Um, Holman and Bon had two clear-cut chances and kudos to Elikobu who scored an absolutely superb overhead goal. Not really one for giving credit to the opposition, but Aldershot were one of, if not the best sides I've seen here. And a few people said to me they were like that in the away fixture yeah, yeah. Uh, as well. So it shows their level of consistency. They're not second or top for nothing. Their number eight, Manny Oyeleke, is just the type of battling, ball-controlling midfielder that I feel that we are missing at the moment. Yeah, good point. I thought he ran the game. Their number seven as well, Fenlon, I thought he was fantastic. Finished it well, his goal, took his goal well. And I think it was their 18, James Rowe as well, who made himself very, very busy. And I think he was the one filling in 
the link between midfield and striker. So at times they were playing four five one and then four four two coming yeah. forwards. So I thought that was that was really interesting. Uh, thought Caprice looked off the pace today. Uh, very few passes ending up at the intended destination. Uh, final crosses for me again weren't quite on point, and his throw-ins often didn't go to an Orient player. I noticed. So yeah. again, that sounds like I'm singling Jake out. It's. Uh, it's not the intention, it's just an observation. Yeah, fair point, fair point for me. That was a very uh, open game. It was a very unlike Justin Edinburgh game. Uh, too open for us. What can you say? Dream start. Brilliant start. Um, and I think, if, like we said, if Harmon or Bond score their chances and it's 2 0, it's a completely different game. And we go on to win it comfortably. But mm-hmm. they got their equaliser at perfect time and it changed the game. But good response, like we said. George getting getting a great goal to make it two just after we'd gone behind. Like we said, we'll be disappointed with the third goal. And on another day, Holman smacks that first time into the back of that in the last minute. And we're yeah. here celebrating a, a free-all draw and a point from the depths of doom. But yeah, wasn't to be. I'm surprised Justin didn't change it uh, in midfield. As they always seem to have a spare man in midfield yeah. at points. But, you know, we play to our strengths at 4-4-2. But Justin, we trust. And we go on to Tuesday. Uh, always nice to meet listeners. Uh, new listeners as well we've never met before so it was great to meet Ian in the South Stand Bar before kickoff. and it's always good fun to walk to the game with Timmy um, on the way so always great to meet you and Dan Slawinski who I went into the turnstiles with always great to, to talk to everyone so those were our views so your views and again just because we read them doesn't mean we agree with them so these were all tweets that came into at Orient Outlook so firstly from at Matt Bristow who says we were outdone in midfield they had an extra man with their second striker sitting deeper their number 8 was brilliant uh, but it showed what having good movement can do in attack as they always had options on the ball so I asked for Matt's opinions there because I know he looks at it from a tactical perspective Yeah, I think he's got his spot on there yeah, their number eight was Manny Ayaleke. Uh At Lennon 4 said, personally, I think Aldershot are the best team to come to Brisbane Road this season, but annoyingly, we played right into their game yeah, plan. Yeah, Alp 5399 said, same story. Teams coming to us and beating us as they were strongling us all over the pitch, and that's what gets you results. Caprice and Karama both were awful, and the defence seems to leave opposition with so much time on the ball, which leads to goals like their third. Yeah, at Orient Boy said, hoping the new manager bounce is not over, but we need to win at Halifax and need to put some daylight between us and the bottom. Mid-table pulling away from us now. Yeah, good point. And Marcus mm. Maynard says, a goal like that didn't deserve to win a game like that. We worked hard, stood toe-to-toe with one of the division's top teams. We do need to start picking up points, though. Yeah, great tweet. Yeah, very uh, good. Paul underscore LT2P said, We huffed and puffed, but again, we pay for missed chances. We have got to get some points and get up this terrible league. I am underscore MO said, I thought 10-man Orient did well. And I say 10-man, as Clay is an empty shirt. A bit harsh on Clay. I thought Clay done all right. I thought that was one of his best games, actually. I thought Clay done all right. I think probably Clay and Lawrence are very similar. So... Or one of you better no games. one, no one is pushing up the pitch. He's always got to go wide. I thought he put himself. He done put right. his body on the line. I he thought he was right. industrious, moving, going forwards, taking the ball forwards. Yeah, I, yeah. It's, it's amazing how people see the same thing. Mate, all about different yeah. ideas. Yeah. Uh, at Essex Biz said, let them off the hook. I lost count of the amount of defensive mistakes that Aldershot made, yet we failed to capitalise on any of them. A poor, naive performance. At Record Blue Apps, forget Higuita, Juru, and Zlatan. Elikobi Scorpion kick was something else. Disappointed to lose as I felt we gifted it to them on the strength of the first half. A bad result, day two for us. I'm now concerned. Yeah, Frank Kane said, Brill earned us a point a few weeks ago versus Borenwood and unfortunately cost us today. At two all, the team, at two all, any team could have won that sadly. Yet again, not our day. Thought our pressing game first half was fantastic and we will rue those missed chances. Goal before half-time changed the game. Yeah, the pressing game was a very good point. We were yeah. pressing all the shot into mistakes, and that's how our chances were coming about, like Justin mentioned in his interview. Good yeah. point there. At Sharky War, it says, We played well in patches, but we need to be more clinical in front of goal, as it's the same story. We scored two, and we're unlucky to lose. And then Kobe, wow, I'm still in shock. It was like Pelé in Escape to Victory. <laughs> Great technical ability in slow motion. He tried it a second time as well, but it didn't come off. Never, another you're, never getting that. you're never getting two of those in one. No. Time. At Steve Nugent UK said, frustrating when we lose in this fashion. The first time Brill could be criticised on his performance since coming in. Not all on him, but a game that could or should have been put to bed in the first half. Mentality's still not right to win these games. Still, signs of improvement. Yeah, I like that. Tweet that. LOFC Chaz 
says Happy will be a great player, uh, but he still has so much to learn and he needs a rest. The free kick that led to the goal was unnecessary. Blatantly pushed their player in the back and we suffered from it. Bro has been excellent and he was apologising at the end. Cut out the mistakes and take our chances and we will be fine. Needs to happen quick though. Seven points from the next nine and six wins from now to the end of the season should see us through. At Vince Howard 73 said, Good open game, but we are our own worst enemy. Both going forward, wasting chances, and defensively, switching off too easily. Aldershot are a good team, though, and showed where we need to be if we are going to compete next season. Mate, lots of very good tweets this week. Very good. Bazaar 73 said, Played well in parts, but nowhere near good enough. We paid for not taking the first half chances. Elikobi's goal was special. Bon ran and ran. And I thought Holman was unimpressive and a bit of a bottle job. And I'm not sure what he is what we need. Maybe a bit harsh there on Holman after one game. Very um, quick ju- a yeah. conclusion game there from just 90 minutes from a guy who's not played that much. And we sponsor him, so keep still. Yeah, don't say that again, Baz. <laughs> uh, Kylie05 said, big improvements across the uh, across the pitch, especially in terms of effort and work rate, but yet another loss that could have been avoided. We need a win. Yeah, Sam Needham, underscore 0-1. It's the same old Orion, unfortunately. Waste good chances against a pretty average team then lose the game via defensive mess-ups. Really frustrating after the start we had. Need to put teams to bed. I still think we're carrying a couple of players that just aren't good enough. Okay, Nino Barone 27 said, You just start to think when it's going to get better and it never does. There's some horrible omen hanging over this club that dooms us from the minute we kick off a new season. I do believe we'll get to the final of the FA Trophy, but in classic Orient fashion probably won't win it. He's probably right, to be fair. David says free. says, can't take chances. And Karoma is garbage. It was like playing with 10 men. Lose on Tuesday and we'll be in real trouble. Not good enough. And I think fall from bottom will be ours. There's a few tweets like that saying relegation. Uh, it's a concern. Looks on, looks We're on a couple cards. of points off of, re- off, off those yeah. spaces. And Solly hold 1-3-1 yesterday. Yeah. So we'll do that in a minute. But... Um, Gorillas 1985 said Tuesday's a massive game now need to beat Halifax and get the winning mentality back should have been 3-0 by half time agree with that hope Dayton is not a serious injury goal of the season by George yeah. though London Good Gary points. W says Bond's goal was excellent he took it calmly and sweetly it's a pity with our other attempts at goal we were not so disciplined that I thought would have made a huge difference. I think we still have what it takes to win games, and win we will. Yeah, Orient Fan TV said, Good start to the game, but we didn't take our chances in front of goal yet again. Not one in four games now, and only two points above the bottom four. Need to get back to winning ways ASAP, starting on Tuesday. I'm sure we'll be okay, though, come the end of the season. Yeah, only one team. says a perfect start. Should have been at least two up at half-time. Bottom home on a good movement, but had poor service from the flanks. Good point, actually. We need to be more clinical in both boxes and have a bit more nous in this league. Aldershot are maybe 20 points above us, but the game didn't reflect it. Yeah, at Winboy said, Aldershot with the best footballing side to visit us so far this season. We should have got something. Bond chance or great save from Holman. Shot goes in to make it 2-0. It's a different game. Tuesday is now massive. Yeah, and at George Session says, I know we are all concerned that the O's are only two points off the bottom four, but Justin Edinburgh has only faced two bottom half clubs in his eight league games. And as Solihull, he only had one proper training session yeah. with the team. Good I'm point. sure this O's team will start picking up points again very soon. George, amazing point there. Really good point there, actually. CM Oriental gets the final word this week saying, good old-fashioned football match. Uh, another day we nick it 3-2. The reason we lost uh, the reason we lost midfield second half, uh, we were schooled. Wish we had someone like their number eight. Overall, best team showed how to grind it out and win dirty, and that's that is a tremendous point. Very there, actually, and we only have ourselves to blame for losing today. Brilliant, there. So, do you agree or disagree with any of the tweets we've read out? Let us know what you think by tweeting us at Orient Outlook or by emailing, emailing us at OrientOutlook at Outlook.com. And as always, thank you for all your tweets uh, this week. Those were all tweets that came into us at Orient Outlook. Yeah, prediction league update. Then um, you'll be surprised to know that nobody predicted the correct result yesterday so there is no change at the top of the prediction league so Bill underscore Johnson UK is top still on 19 he's been there a while now he has now at Samuel LRC has been second for a while now on 15 points and the two uh, um, in third, joint third place are still Lawton Gamst and Unexpected Item Zero who are both on 14 points and thank you to everybody for your predictions yeah so I don't or- there were a few always mention sorry um, yeah go on ex-players, ex-players yeah. but <laughs> I was watching match of Dan catch up this morning. So this is Saturday. Massey played Go on, for do Wigan. A round up. Massey played for Wigan. He did. Backup. Giant killing. Did he 1-2-0. score? No. Assist. No, he didn't. Okay. No, no. Uh, Notts County. 
Obviously, Nolan. Yeah. Nicky Hunt started right back. Started. Started. And, and he, put in a, he put in a few great crosses, Nicky Hunt. Did he really? <laughs> yeah. Richard something or other is his assistant who came from the Yes, Warrior. yeah. The you, old duty guy. Yeah, Richard Thompson. Richard Tom- uh, Thomas. Richard Thomas, yeah. yeah. And Liam Kelly played for Coventry in their defeat of MK Don. So, three players from last season who all. In the FA Cup. Do you know what I mean? So, well done to those. Um, it's a shame it's not us, really. That's what yeah. I'd say about it. And so, Sunday, 28th of January. This could be an under an hour, this one. So happy 29th birthday to Josh Coulson. So we all love Josh. Hope you had a great day. Great day. Great day, Josh. But don't get on it too hard because you've got a big match on Tuesday. To Absolutely. Rule Satoru signed on loan for Leatherhead, a work experience loan, actually, where he's going to be managed by XO Sammy Moore. Joins up with current O-Loney Aaron Pollock. So yeah. well done, Rule. Go and show him what you can do, pal. Yeah, Rule, just and as he got back from Haybridge Swift, he got four and four for them. So he's going up a level now. Higher wow. league Leatherhead, yeah, which yeah, obviously yeah. Wyatt where he's going. So I Amazing. think he'll do very well under Sammy. And four having Aaron here is only going to help him. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Sammy runs that team like mate Leatherhead, top, professional, flying so, top end of that league as well. So yeah, really good for that so one. They will do really well. It yeah. ladies team are back in action. So they faced Ipswich in the Women's Premier League at Mile End. We're pleased to say the O's ran out two one winners thanks to a double strike from Sophie Lamarchin. So well done to all the ladies. And they, they continue to climb up the Premier League in women's football. Yeah, um, speaking of that, I saw Kent and his wife were at the game uh, today. Met him and his wife yesterday. Yeah. Lovely. And I hope you enjoyed that. And I hope you are enjoying your stay here in the UK this yeah. time round. So nice let's round this up then. Fancy football. Uh, there's obviously none this week because it's FA Cup action. But Tim Roberts is still leading our Fancy Football League on 1,382 points. But he's just two points ahead of Dave Hyten. Yeah, all Steve, to play for. you are in 61st place. Had so awful week last week with my captains but don't worry from where I was You'll I'm happy with back. 61st so with positives and negatives in so positives in I'll do those another goal for Macaulay Bond he's racing ahead now in the National League uh, 16 now scoring, so really good for that one another match for George Ellicobi as he comes back from fitness this time left back uh, not his preferred uh, role but he can play there and what a goal he scored you know won't score many goals better than that and the third one Bit left field, but a commercial brochure will bring in much needed revenue to the club yep. and having that extra income into the club could be the difference between getting a player next season who could be the difference between going up automatically or not. So good work there from the club. Yeah, well done. Negatives this week. Obviously conceded three goals at home. I think Josh said um, in interview, didn't he, Justin? Like, he's to concede three goals at home is very disappointing. Yeah, Especially after the way really we have defended. Been. Absolutely. We are now just two points above the relegation place. Uh, and obviously we've uh, sort of lost just um, uh, Dayton to to an injury. Don't yeah. know how serious or that is at this moment in time because yeah, he needs to go for a scan and be assessed. But I think it's safe to say he won't be playing for Halifax. Probably against not, Halifax yeah. So we wish Tuesday. James all the best. Moving on, it's here of the week. Uh, we've just done it ourselves this week because obviously we lost. But we both had a unanimous decision. Well done to Big George Alicobi. Well done, that's well George, boy. Absolutely. So next week's fixtures in. So two fixtures coming up then for this week. Two travels to go to. So on Tuesday, the 30th of January, we travel to Halifax to play the rearranged league match. Halifax are just one place and two points above us in the league as they lost 3-0 away yesterday to Bromley. So this is a real six-pointer. If we win, we leapfrog to them into 18th place. So this is a really a must-win game. I think a few tweets alluded to Tuesday as a massive game, and it really is. And then on Saturday, 3rd of February, we travel to Dover in the third round of the FA Trophy. Dover are flying at the moment. They beat Geisley at home 2-1 yesterday. They're sixth in the league. We played them at Brisbane Road earlier in the season. They're a good team. It'll be a tough match as the road to Wembley continues. If you're going to either, have a very safe journey and tweet us your photos from, and views from the matches to get involved. You know, we love a bit of action from the match. You may also see the bearded legend at Dover. His yeah, appearance gonna... is TBC. If you see yeah. a lovely man wearing the blue shirt from this season and a beautiful beard, yeah, be a legend. Go and say hello. Hello. Yeah, come and say hello if I uh, do go. So that is it. Thank you very much indeed for joining us uh, for episode number 130. It's been a steady but busy two weeks off the pitch uh, at, uh, at off the pitch at the O's with only one match played, which ended in a 3-2 defeat to Aldershot. With two big away matches coming up this week, which will go a long way to defining our seasons. We have a six-pointer at Halifax on Tuesday and also look to continue our road to Wembley via Dover next Saturday. Win both and things will seem better, but lose and the threat of relegation will still loom large. And lose on Saturday, our only chance of any trophy this season will be gone. So we'll be back uh, with episode 131 probably next week, but you never know what the future holds, but we hope to get it out next week and if you're listening on iTunes or wherever you listen and you can review us please do we're not going to batter you like we normally do we're just going to say if you like it 
give us a review and if you don't be appreciated yeah absolutely and also we have mugs for sale they're still available £7 uh, for the one or bargain multi buy offer of £12 for two so if you want it get in contact with us you know we've still got a few and what better way to show your support for a local independent podcast and buying some of their merchandise Absolutely. Get involved. Bang on. Thank you very much indeed to everybody who's been in touch with us uh, over the last couple of weeks. Do continue to do that. We really appreciate it. If um, if you are able to help somebody who isn't so technologically advanced or aware to listen to the podcast, we'd appreciate that as well. So thank you very much indeed once again, bringing this in just under an hour. We look forward to hearing from you. Please keep calm. Have a great week and keep listening to the Orient Outlook podcast. Thank you very much indeed. Up the O's. <laughs>